Hello everyone, Joyce here. So it's a new week and new resolutions. Um, sometimes it's good that that my listeners do not hear the prayer that I pray before because you would be like, oh my gosh, look at her. Uh, so, so sinful and so much of uh, taking advantage of God's love and God's mercy because I feel that, yeah, in that way, I just really take the Lord for granted in so many, so many ways. Uh, but yeah, so today, the new week gives us new hope, fresh beginnings and um, new resolutions on what I have to do. And God is so patient with all of this, you know. I mean, if, uh, yeah, if I were God, I'd be like, my gosh, seriously, uh, you want me to believe you again? Uh, I would be, yeah, so disappointed. But thank God that He is God, that He is God, that because God is compassionate, God is love, God is so many things. Because, uh, so, which brings us to today's reading, how we, um, St. Paul in the letter to the Galatians, now he starts off this letter very serious, uh, on a very serious note. So instead of the usual, uh, his usual customary greeting, what does he do? He voices his surprise and shock at the Galatian, the Galatian um, people, especially referring to their fickleness. So he starts off with, I, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who you called who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Turning to a different gospel. Today, uh, today, right, we have got so many different versions and interpretations of the gospel message. But St. Paul, very quickly, he, he just goes straight to the point, you know. He just goes straight to the point. He says, I'm astonished. I'm really surprised. And then his language becomes harsher as it moves on. And then he says, not that there is another gospel. He quickly adds on, there's no other gospel. In other words, he says, there's only one gospel. And that is a gospel that, that he was at that time preaching to, these, to the Galatians. And he says, there's nothing else. Because he has received directly from God and that is what so many so many people claim these days you know when we listen i uh, when we listen to their teachings they come up with so many different their own interpretations and which can be quite scary at times or many times but it, it is presented in in language which is so powerful so sophisticated and with so much of drama and so much of conviction that we tend to fall for this so St. Paul says, he, he, it's like you're telling you and he's telling uh, you and I, I'm astonished that you're turning away from the real gospel. And then he goes on, there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. Now the we here is put in the plural, that we preach to you. In other words, he is representing a body. 
and you and when he says that we preach to you obviously there is a common consensus there is an agreement that this is what we need to convey to the people of god so there is unity in this dichotomy there is unity though they are all from different places there is unity in the teaching and then he says no even if an angel were to come and preach to you a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you let him be accursed and then he goes on i say again if anyone is preaching to you it's like not enough no there's a repetition there if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to that which you've received let him be accursed the let him be accursed appears twice so in the beginning his amazement seems very mild because he starts off with i'm astonished but then what happens is that it goes on to a curse invoked on those who mislead the galatians because the gospel today if you look at it there are thousands upon thousands of different churches mushrooming all around the globe and each one is headed by a pastor who is interpreting the gospel in his or her own way and presenting it again with so much of uh, yeah there's so much of pomp and splendor and then we are like in awe and we are taking our notes which i was and then we are hearing revelations which are new and it can really lead us away so that it's so it's so safer to understand to know the background of the people that we're listening to are they in unity with the the church or are they standing alone where do all their teachings come from based on which creed so he says that this would th- this whole thing about diluting the gospel message this has come about when god's word is either diluted or manipulated for what purpose to suit the whims and the fancies of men and women there is no when we come to interpretation we must realize that there are no shady areas there is no hot there's either hot or there's cold there's no lukewarmness because many a time we are presented with the gospel which like it's okay it's okay you're going to heaven grace will save you it's not through your deeds it's not through your actions grace only by grace we can enter so you you, you just profess your faith in jesus and you're baptized and you're saved once and for all some of the doctrines can be so hazardous to our faith life because we can go i i know a people who who believe that oh yeah all is well all is well i don't have to do anything i don't have to work out my salvation i'm just going to go to heaven and it's very frightening 
because then I don't need to do anything. I can just enjoy my life because God has invited me into this prosperity, to enjoy this prosperity. And I don't need to worry about anything because all is well. Okay, let's move on to the Gospel of Luke. Now, in the Gospel of Luke, a lawyer stands up and puts him to the test. Wrong person to put the test. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, seriously. But then what happens? So, the story has, it has the following components. What are the components? One is a question. The lawyer asks Jesus. Then Jesus counter question. So he says that he says, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Again, no, what shall I do? Did Jesus say, Hey, just have faith in me. Be baptized and you'll be saved. No, he didn't say that. So Jesus proposes a counter question. So Jesus said, What is written in the law? What do you read there? I like this kind of questions, no? I mean, sometimes it gets very annoying when you ask someone a question and they ask you a question back. But when Jesus asks a question, it, it makes him to think deeper. I'm not here to provide you the answers, but to look deep inside of us. What do you read there? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And then Jesus gives this imperative and he said to him, you have answered right. Do this. That's the imperative there. Do this and you will live. That's all. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. At least a tall order, you know. It's a tall order there. It's a whole gospel there. And then, but he desiring to justify himself. So he asks, the lawyer now asks a further question. And then Jesus has a, counter, has a counter question to that too. And he says, but who is my neighbor? So Jesus' counter question comes in the form of a, the story of the Good Samaritan. And so Jesus says, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and we know the story. And then there's a priest comes, he just leaves him on the road. Then a Levite, which is like the revered caste, passes by. And then a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And then he saw him. He had compassion and went him and went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring an oil and wine. And then he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. You see, suddenly this long sentence, very long descriptive sentence. No, no, no detail is spared here about detailing what exactly the Samaritan had done. And somewhat to add on to that, and the next day, he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. So he goes beyond the beyond to help him. Sometimes when we help, not I'm thinking to myself the times when I help people, right? It's just like, oh, it's just like here, okay, I see the need, I give it to you. After that, I'm closing my eyes and go back and say, I don't want to know what anything else because then I'll have to give more. But you see, this guy, this Samaritan, he extends the generosity to the following day. Anything else he needs, 
give him and I will pay you. Which of these three do you think proved a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? So this is Jesus' counter question back to him. And the lawyer answered. And you look at the lawyer's answer. There's so much of, you know, there's so much of pride in the way he answers. Because when Jesus presents, he talks about people who came. There was a priest, there was a Levite, there was a Samaritan. But the lawyer's replies, the one who showed mercy on him. He does not even mention Samaritan here. I wonder why. He cannot bring himself to say the Samaritan person was the one who showed mercy on him. But Jesus' response, again, the inter- his response comes in the form of an imperative. So an imperative is something where it says, okay, go do this. Imperative. Do this, do that. Take this. Drink this. Imperatives. So Jesus says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. So today we are called to go and do likewise. To look deep into, deep into our pockets. We find a lot of things there, no? Things that maybe we're just a bit hesitant to take out. And to really think about the Samaritan person and how much can we absorb his nature into ours today. Yeah. So let's chew on the word of God. And yeah, uh, if you find that anything that, that I'm speaking, that I'm saying, that is way off, do let me know. Because I need to think about what I say as well every day. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a blessed, blessed day.